0: Welcome back to the 96th annual World Series of Extreme Tress here in Oniondale, California. Once again, and as always, I'm your host, Christian Pickles. Joining us from the floor is our correspondent on the scene, Sandy Castles. And with me in the action room today is my co-host, Dale Haydel. Dale, what can we expect from today's game? Thanks, Chris.
1: Well, Day 7 is about to get underway, and our initial field of 46,000 competitors has been whittled down to only 255. The odd number owing to an unfortunate turn of events from the end of Day 6, when fan favorite Tobias Toblerone was disqualified from the tournament, when referees discovered the presence of
0: performance-enhancing drugs in his hourly blood sample. You hate to see it, Dale. While everyone seems to be talking about the Toblerone scandal, at least one individual must be feeling like the cat that ate the canary. I'm talking, of course, about Joseph Joshmo Schmozev, the recipient of the incredibly rare buy round starting today's tournament. That's right, Chris. Joe was sent to face off against Toblerone this morning
1: before the doping scandal broke. We can see that he's making the most of his time off. It looks like Yes, Joe Schmo has hung a hammock on the tournament floor and appears to be
0: taking a restorative power nap. The Greek philosopher Lucius Seneca once said that luck is when opportunity meets preparation. And Joe Schmo certainly came here today prepared to sit this one out. Let's not downplay the mental aspect. By sleeping
1: in such close proximity to the other players, Joe is showing off. That kind of power move must really be getting under his fellow competitors' skins, which really goes to show how the top players are never not playing.
0: Of course, we can't talk about mind games without bringing up Porky Toyota, the first runner-up of the 44th annual games, who famously utilized hypnosis to secure an edge over his competition.
1: That's right, Chris. Those really were the Wild West days of extreme chess, before rules against mind control went into effect but mind control can only take you so far in a game like
0: Extreme Chess. This ain't your grandmother's chess game, that's for sure. Despite Toblerone's graceless exit, there are still plenty of familiar faces in our final 255, including last year's champion, Miranda Buttercup, who, according to sports betting, is favored to cinch her second crown. While Miranda has
1: positioned herself as the one to beat, we have a few newcomers making impressive displays as well. For one, I'm interested to see how far 12-year-old prodigy Gizmo Tinky
0: Winky makes it today. While Tinky Winky has had an impressive run, he is not the youngest player to reach Day 8 in an extreme chess tournament. No doubt,
1: but you'd have to go back 15 years to find Oreo Sprite, who made it to the Final Four at the age of 10. Oreo has since hung up her chess playing hat, and now serves as a diplomat to the Interstellar Convoy on behalf of the United Earth Federation.
0: Such a shame to see that kind of talent wasted in politics.
1: The youngest player to ever reach Day 8 was, of course, Super Prodigy Brian Brain, who was born on the first day of the 10th annual Extreme Chess Tournament, and went on to place second
0: against grand champion Pizza Bentley. That was a match for the ages. The two were nearly matched in skill. Brain, of course, had the advantage of spending the previous nine months in utero studying Bentley's past games, searching for weaknesses. Bentley, on the other hand, was an adult. And in the end, that gave him the edge needed to defeat the newborn infant.
1: Brain, of course, went on to place and win several more championships before the success and rockstar lifestyle eventually took their toll
0: on him, leading to his retirement at the age of seven. Let's take this opportunity to go live to Sandy Castles. Sandy, today's games are about to begin. Toblerone was expected to reach the final 16, and now he's been disqualified. I know a lot of players were hoping for a chance to go toe-to-toe with the legend before this upset. What can you tell us about the mood of the room today? Interesting. And what about the other players? Are they letting this distract them from what's at stake?
1: Well, there you have it, folks. Professionalism at its finest. We really are living in a golden age for the sport. I think this would be an ideal time to mention that observable reality is actually determined by- And we're off.
0: We've only just now heard the ceremonial extreme chess gunshot, signifying the start of today's play, and the competition is already fiercely underway. Looks like an early upset at Table 8. Let's take a closer look. Ah, yes, Table 8 is where previous Grandmaster, Flishy Flash, is going head-to-head with newcomer Oliver Laplace. Flash mixed up his usual playstyle with an aggressive opening, The Danish Gambit to which Laplace reacted with an equally aggressive attack on E4, a no-holds-barred early game between two giants. And it looks like Flash is considering, oh my god, I don't believe it. Flash has opened his queenside rook for a possible pin. That's a classic honeypot. There's
1: no way Laplace can resist. (gasps) Oh, whoa. Did you just see that? That's right, Chris.
0: Remarkable. Laplace just castled kingside. It's this kind of play that makes me feel humble. A mere mortal, sitting here witnessing the literal apotheosis of human ability. The implications here are… well, it's a lot to unpack. Flash is reeling from this last move. His entire strategy was based on Laplace's weak front line. Now he's having to rethink everything. Let's go to Sandy who's on the scene. Sandy, what does Flash need to do now to regain momentum in this game?
1: And do you think we'll see any sort of rebuttal from
0: Laplace? (laughs) (coughs) I guess we'll have to wait and see, won't we?
1: Let's go now to table three, where Eliza Smalls and Ukulele Ramirez are deep into their
0: mid-game. Smalls and Ramirez are both equally matched on paper. Ramirez has always been a strong defensive player, which Smalls is looking to take advantage of. Smalls plays rook to e3. Ramirez counters with a pawn to b4. Smalls is meticulously cutting through Ramirez's defenses, leaving nowhere for him to hide. But Ramirez covers with staggered pawns. Knight to c3. Bishop takes pawn, rook to a4, queen takes rook. It looks like we're seeing a new, oh my god. I don't believe it. A truly outstanding powerhouse of a move from Smalls. Holy shit. Smalls just blew this game off the hinges. Knight to c4, check. Ramirez moves back his king, but you can see it in his eyes. He knows the game is over. Now, what
1: Smalls did here was run her opponent around in a circle, then cut through the circle,
0: and cut off the head of the snake of the circle. A beautiful maneuver. I'm sure we'll be studying that one for years to come. And oh, look at this, Ramirez is flailing. He's hoping for any way out to undo the damage that has just been done. He's
1: calling for a referee to review that play. The last effort of a desperate man. The refs won't find anything. Ramirez can request the referees to draw another blood test from Smalls, but that move didn't look like the effects of think-it-all to me. That was just
0: pure, simple, peak human performance. Ramirez played well, but he was outclassed by one of the greatest players to ever grace these hallowed halls. And it looks like, yes, the referees are going to draw more blood. Here comes the official chess master nurse with a fresh needle. While they draw blood samples, this might be a great time to hear a word from our sponsor. Today's tournament coverage is brought to you by... Did
1: you alienate your entire family? Drove all your friends away with your intolerable behavior? Find that even casual acquaintances can't stand to be around you for more than a few minutes? Well, who better to put up with you than you? With one quick call to clone of my own, you can relieve your solitude with a companion who will never leave you. Because they are you. You're clone- Chris, Chris, can you hear me? Chris, it's time to wake You'll up. Never be alone with a alone long or two of, of your long own or three. You'll never be
0: alone. And we're back. It didn't take long, but we've already seen a great deal of the unexpected here today. Former Grandmaster Flash has yielded his game over to Oliver Laplace. Trezo Jones knocked out his opponent, Zitz McKenzie. This of
1: course disqualifies Jones from the match as physical violence is expressly forbidden in extreme chess. I think that once Zitz wakes up, he will be happy to learn that he's won his match by default.
0: On the other side of the extreme chess hall, Booger Boogerson has just won his game against Kiki the Talking Cat. I find it interesting not only that a talking cat
1: exists, but that she is able to play and even progress in a chess tournament.
0: I mean, when you really think about it, that doesn't make a whole lot of- Hold that thought, Dale. The results of the Small's blood test are in, and just as we expected, they are negative for performance-enhancing drugs. Honestly, I'm surprised they even wasted a needle for this. This is pure speculation on my part, but I have to wonder if the refs are erring on the
1: side of caution ever since Toblerone's incident. I've got a feeling this will go down in extreme chess history as one of the worst cheating scandals since the 14th annual games, where contestant Florida Georgia Bama was revealed to actually be nothing
0: more than three supercomputers in a trench coat. Let's go live to the floor, where Sandy has just spoken to the refs. Sandy, do you have any insight? You bring up an interesting point. There is that microscopic chance that Toblerone's appeal will net him a second chance to enter the competition. But an appeal in Extreme Chess is a complicated process. Dale, you spent a few years in Extreme Chess Law School. That's right, Chris. What can you tell us
1: about the appeals process? Well, once the judges have ruled that a player's blood contains evidence of performance enhancers, like Think It All, there's not much that can be done. In order to initiate an appeal... The expelled player must fill out the necessary paperwork and have it notarized by all four elders of the extreme chess international committee after this they must face the designated chess master grand warrior in a one-on-one game of speed chess if successful they will be granted a meeting with the extreme chess appellate high council Even then though, the onus is on the player to prove that they ingested the drug by accident, or that they were poisoned, or that the blood sample was otherwise tainted. Now what is the likelihood that something like that may have befallen Toblerone? I'd say not very likely at all. Blood samples are tested immediately by a state-of-the-art piece of equipment with practically no room for error. And as we all know, the only way to ingest think-it-all is by conjuring the demon Gorseth in a blood ritual involving the sacrifice of one's own parents. And our referees literally have footage of Tobias slaying the elder Mr. and Mrs. Toblerone. The thing some people are willing to do for a slight edge in this game is
0: remarkable.
1: Sometimes a slight edge is all you need. And speaking of blood and demonic rituals, Table 6 features one of the game's oldest players, Dracula, Son of Dracul. I hope I'm saying Dracul right. Son Dr-
0: of Dracul.
1: Kill. Cool. I don't know how to pronounce Romanian. Dracul. Dracula means little dragon. This year marks the Dark Lord's 79th attempt to win the crown as extreme chess champion. So far, he has never made it to the final table. Will this be his year?
0: Only time will tell. Dracula's competitor in today's match isn't going to give him that chance without a fight. 20-year-old Nyquil Valhalla has made a name for herself as a conservative late-game bloomer. And so far, she's taken great advantage of Dracula's penchant for sacrificing his own pawns. Are you okay, Chris? Sorry.
1: Dale, what did I just say? Huh? Oh, you were just pointing out Dracula's tendency to sacrifice pawns as a weakness that Valhalla is seizing upon. Yeah,
0: that. It's just weird. Isn't it? What do you mean? I mean, that's a weird thing to say.
1: Well, from a technical point of view, it's not uncommon for players to analyze their opponent's moves. And Dracula, no doubt, has a long history of prior games to pull plays from. I remember in Extreme Chess Law School studying his earlier games,
0: especially his use of... Dracula, though. We're acknowledging that one of the players, right now, is Dracula. The fictional vampire. Well, as we know, Chris, there's no law in the Extreme Chess
1: rulebook against fictional players competing. In fact, if you go back to the 80th annual games, you'll remember that the literal Tooth Fairy took home second runner-up in a huge upset to Gastro-Sonoma. The two players were scheduled to- What was that about a talking
0: cat? Um, Chris, we're live right now. What does that mean, exactly? Are we- is this being recorded? I don't see any cameras, and neither of us have microphones. Well, I think Bishop George
1: Berkeley, father of subjective idealism, said it best when he famously penned the expression esse est percipi, roughly translated as to be is to be perceived. One interpretation of this philosophy is that existence is subjective and dependent upon an audience. In this case, I only exist because you are here to witness me. In your reality, I am, for all intents and purposes, a character in a dream. And should you wake up from that dream, I would cease to be. But what's even more interesting is that Sandy Beaches is now live with Gizmo Tinky Winky, who just won his game against Seamus Banana. What? Let's go live to Sandy. Let's go live to Sandy. Chris, I need you to let us go live to Sandy. I want to know what Gizmo thinks about his meteoric rise to fame.
0: But, but can anyone else not hear Sandy when she speaks? Or is it just me? Chris, we've been over this a hundred
1: times. You need to let go, okay? We're on day seven of the Extreme Chess Annual Tournament. There are a lot of players, a lot of people whose very
0: existences are at stake. Well, French mathematician René Descartes once said, I think, therefore, I am. That's right, Chris. But Descartes only came to this
1: conclusion after falling asleep inside of an oven. That same night, he hallucinated a vision of an angel inside of a library full of books containing the answers to all of life's questions.
0: Is that true? It is. Look it up. All of life's questions. Like, who are we? What are we doing
1: here? Where are we going? We are the announcers for the 96th annual Extreme Chess Championship. We are bringing you the news as it breaks. And we are going live to sandy beaches. Sandy! Thank you, Sandy. Now, Chris, what was that you were saying about steep competition amongst the players? Maybe something about, I don't know, how, um, Miranda Buttercup, who is currently facing off against, uh, Josh, um, Table.
0: Josh Table? Sure, why not? Yes, it seems Buttercup and Table are almost equally matched. Table is trying to push Buttercup's defensive line into a pinnable position, but Buttercup is the master of the stagger. And what's this? Miranda Buttercup has sacrificed her bishop. That is a classic Buttercup
1: trade-off. She may have lost a key piece, but it puts her in position to attack Table's back
0: line. And just like that, she's got him on the ropes. Knight to C7. Check. King on the run. Knight takes Rook. Her investment is already paying dividends. Table attempts to distract from the damage by offering a pawn trade. But Miranda Buttercup is not one to be distracted. She... Wait. You're just distracting me, aren't you, Dale? Again, Chris, we are live.
1: And your continued attempts to break continuity threaten the very existence of this
0: universe. What is this universe, anyways? Seems to me that whatever reality... There is, might be collapsing. That's right, Chris. Reality is collapsing because
1: existence is a concept like time or money. The only thing keeping us afloat is this steadily unraveling thread of a narrative. The moment you stop announcing, all will end. An unfathomable emptiness awaits us. A death to our story. With it, no more beginning. No more middle. No more endgame. All that was will cease to be forever lost to
0: the abyss of entropy. Is there no hope? What's the point, then? Are we simply delaying the inevitable? I mean, it's not like we can do this forever. Of course, there's always hope. There's always the possibility that we
1: will begin again in a fresh new reality. I can take us there. But you have to stay with me. You have to hold on. How?
0: How do we do that? Like this.
1: That's all the time we have for you today. A truly mesmerizing moment in extreme chess history. Come back tomorrow for Day 8, where 128 of the world's greatest extreme chess champions will battle it out. The competition will be epic, but at the end, only one player will take home the crown. Join us again tomorrow for Day 8. Please, please, come back tomorrow. Please, please, please.